When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So much fun each and every Saturday. Thanks for telling your family. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for using ClapperVision at the dinner table. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about some Chicago pizza. And where in L.A. you can get pizza that literally is from Chicago. Blow your mind. So delicious. Wow. Because I'm talking about two words. No mas. La bamba. Chicago pizza. But really, it's the power in those words. You know what? I think I'll interrupt if you want. We'll take a caller. The lines are lit up. Who are we going to take, Will? <clears throat> Robert, start the clapper. How can I help you? Yeah. yeah, I'm a patient of yours and a listener since the beginning. But I'm calling you this morning. Yes, sir. Because you're using Richie Valens music is apropos of the fact that uh, Richie Valen's name is now being put on the Pacoima Post Office. Uh, he's being honored in Pacoima, his hometown. Wow. As about time. Well, thanks for telling me. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, your timing is right there. Anyway. And how are you doing? What did I do to you? Well, you sent me to um, Culver City for the pool exercises, and I haven't slept out there yet. So, uh, <laughs> So I have to uh, get busy, get in the water. That's the answer. The fountain of youth is in the fountain, Bob. All right. Well, thanks so much for calling. Let's get into this topic, the power of words. First, I want to talk before I talk about Richie Valens, which is an amazing story. I want to talk about in the world of sports, those two words that are powerful. This is Howard Cosell, 1980. Calling the fight between Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard. Howard Cosell doesn't speak Spanish. So he starts screaming, he quit. Because to him, no mas means I quit. But it's actually not true. No mas means a lot more. But let's go back in time to 1980. Here it is. Yes, it turns out he did say no mas, which in Spanish means no more. But not really. It doesn't mean, Howard Cosell, I quit boxing. I quit the fight. What it really means is I don't appreciate you teasing me the way you're doing in the ring right now, Sugar Ray Leonard. That's what Roberto Duran is really saying when he said no mas. And all these years later, we now first are appreciating the subtlety as well as the immense power in those two words. It's not I quit. It's that I need you to quit. That's what Roberto Duran is really saying. Listen to the sound bites of what exactly happened. The story of that fight in 1980. ESPN did a whole segment documentary about it. But this is Sugar Ray Leonard being interviewed about that documentary. No Moss tortured Duran. There's no doubt about it. And the documentary does a terrific job at showing exactly how it affected him. 
But what I learned that I didn't know when I watched the documentary was how it affected you. What impact did Duran quitting that night have on you and on your career? Well, I thought it was great because I won my title back. I, I beat the great Roberto Duran, but it was more so about why he quit as opposed to that I made him quit. And that bothered me for a, a number of years. Well, I should say a lot of years, because when you hear Roberto Duran quit, you hear, well, he quit. No, no, I made him quit. Yeah, we're not interested in that. We're not interested in hearing that, Sugar Ray Leonard, that you made him quit. The reason he quit was because the very first fight these two had, no Moss fight was the second fight, the first fight in Montreal, Roberto Duran a powerful fighter. They said he had hands of stone. They said he actually knocked a horse out. He was so powerful. He beat Sugar Ray Leonard in the first fight. But Sugar Ray Leonard knew. He celebrated after his wins. He had 119 fights in his career. Can you imagine? This man was a fighter. But he celebrated and gained weight. He went from 147 pounds to 200 pounds. Sugar Ray Leonard said, hey, I'm going to catch him while he's getting fat and have a rematch. And I'm going to taunt him. No mas was Roberto Duran saying, you're not going to embarrass me and embarrass the game of boxing. I'm not going to put up with that. No more. No more of you taunting me. You want to fight? I'll fight you but not this ballet act and dancing act in the ring. Let's listen to the story of Sugar Ray Leonard. Well, what a time it was when boxing was king. Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran gave the world a show. They fought three times, but the middle fight was the one everyone remembers. Roberto Duran, hands of stone, turned his back on Sugar Ray and uttered the now infamous words, no mas. He wanted no more in the eighth round. No Mas was the middle of the three fights that you had with Roberto Duran. He won the first in a split decision. The rematch happened just five months after the first fight. What kind of buildup was there, Ray, leading up to that second fight? Well, it was an enormous buildup. Um, after that first fight, which was brutal, I mean, beyond reality, I took my wife to Hawaii to just cool down and cool out. But while I was there, I was running on the beach, and all of a sudden I'm feeling that I could do this again. I should do this again. I should get my title back. Yeah, but he knew you better do that rematch right away while Roberto Duran's getting fat and out of shape. I called Mike Trainer, my attorney, and I said, Mike, I want to fight Roberto Duran again ASAP. Because I also knew that he... Between fights, he would blow up to heavyweights. I mean, he would go from 147 to 200 pounds. It was that on top of I wanted to fight my fight, to use my hand speed, to use my, my boxing ability, to be mobile, and I knew it would be a different story. Well, because it was a different kind of way to approach it. You know, I hated Duran, and that's a bad word. I, I make sure I tell my kids never to use the word hate because, it's, because of what it says, because of what it means. I despise the man. He, Roberto Duran was, was something I'd never experienced before. I mean, he, with hand gestures, uh, grabbing himself and cursing me or cursing my wife, he did some things that were just unimaginable or unthinkable. Um, he got under my skin, yes, it, and it did work because I wanted to beat him at his own game in Montreal, the first fight, which proved to be not smart. He got personal with you, and you were handling Duran in that second fight. You even taunted him throughout the fight. What do you remember most, Ray, about what happened in New Orleans in that ring? What happened was such was it was so spontaneous, extemporaneously. I mean, he, I, when I was doing this, these moves and these herky jerk and these antics, these antics, you were disrespecting in Roberto Duran's mind the game of boxing, 
and that he was not going to put up with. I heard the the fans or the audience laughing louder and louder and louder, and the more they the louder, I mean, the more they laughed, the more I did it, and then I saw a reaction in Roberto Duran's face, like, what is this? I mean. I don't think he understood what was going on. And I, I truly believe he threw his hands up in frustration without realizing the ramifications it would have on his career or legacy. It was misinterpreted saying no mas. He's not afraid of you, Sugar Ray Leonard. He just did not like being belittled. He, well, the first person that jumped into the ring was my brother Roger. Uh, he said, Ray, he quit, he quit, he quit. And, you know, after Duran made that, those gestures with his hands of no, 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 I mean, that was pretty much, you know, the game. I mean, Duran did this, which to me indicates I don't want anymore. But it was such, it was such a, a time period or time st- stuck. And, and, and because no one knew it was so bizarre that no one knew what the heck was going on. He took control of the fight, even though he's credited with the loss. By saying no mas, which is not meaning I quit, it means no more. He took the control of the fight away from the referee, who's the one who's supposed to call the fight. And he took the credit for the win away from Sugar Ray Leonard because he ended the fight, Roberto Durant. He didn't give that right, that power to the winner. He took control of the fight by saying no mas because of the taunting. 33 years later, they decide to put the two of them in the ring to say hi to each other. That's how powerful those two words are. You're going to listen to Sugar Ray Leonard say, it was ugly even again being in the ring with him 33 years later as old men. From your standpoint, what was that like for you to, and the meeting was in a boxing ring, what was it like for you to step into a ring with Roberto Duran and stare him face-to-face 33 years after your no-moss fight? I'm glad you asked that question because if you look at his eyes and look at my eyes, you, you can see the uneasiness of both of us. It was not comfortable. I mean, here's a man who tried to knock my block off and I tried to damage him uh, myself. And 33 years later, we stand in the ring looking at each other with respect, but not knowing for sure what would come out each other's mouth. Now that I've translated for you what no mas really means, no more taunting, no more dancing around. If you're going to do that, this is not boxing. I'm out of here. Now listen differently to Howard Cosell, who's oblivious to all this, call the fight. How he pumps up how well Sugar Ray Leonard is running around in the ring. How good he looks. And then you'll hear Howard Cosell think no mas means I quit. When in fact it means you need to stop. Has begun. I think people have underrated the physical strength of Sugar Ray Leonard. He is much stronger than his body appears. He is working Duran effectively. And Duran must resign to pulling in. There can be no other explanation, Howard Cosell says. But actually, there is another explanation. And now you know why. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. And we do need to talk about the great Richie Valens. And I want to tell you a story about two words and its power in my world of surgery. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Let's open the clinic. The lines are lit up. Let's do some Clapper vision with the people. The Weekend Warriors. Who do we go to first, Will? We've got Juan. Juan, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, oh, thank you so much for taking my call. It's an honor and pleasure. And although a long time no see, I once I took my dear sweet mom to see you oh. about her shoulder, who was bone on bone. And unfortunately, surgery was the only thing. But she was in her, well, I think it was about 80, 85 at that time. But she's still, uh, still hanging around, tough as ever, at 91 today. So. Wow. And how young are you, and what do you do for a living? I'm 50, and I work in banking. I approve uh, credit requests. Oh, wow. Cool. Where'd you uh, grow up? Where'd you go to high school? What'd your father do uh, for a living? Well, my father was an engineer for, if you recall, Ravel uh, models. Oh, wow. The glue or snap-together tanks, planes, cars. Oh, wow. They used to have a factory in Venice. I grew up in Venice Marina and actually went to St. Uh, St. Bernard High School in Playa del Rey. How cool is that? Good for yeah. you. How did he get involved with that? Oh, uh, well, well. Oh, I'd like to point out that uh, given today's, uh, today's show's themes, you, he was from Mexico. My mom's from Panama. So you have a Panamanian Mexican on the line. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, well, he only had a high school education, but he had a great, like, technical mind. If, you know, if he had had the educational opportunities, he would have been an amazing engineer. But he, he, he could create stuff. I mean, once he... He bought a rebuilt engine for our old Chevy station wagon, mm. rented one of those like, like crane lifts, and installed it himself in our in our driveway. Clearly, you are not Jewish because this doesn't happen in a Jewish household. Thank you very much. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> Good job. Well, I, when I was a kid, yeah. I built a kit called a visible V8 engine. I was so proud of myself because I wanted to learn. How does what is an intake manifold? What is the cylinder? What is the piston? I like this amazing kit you can get from a hobby store. So only a Jewish guy would do this. I put the whole thing together. I must have like five hundred pieces, right? And I couldn't wait to hook up the battery so the pistons would go up and down the cylinders. And all of a sudden, I look to the side. Thank you. There's like five pieces that somehow, in me doing the directions, forgot to put inside the engine. Thank you, brother. This is a Jewish guy making an engine. Hilarious. Oh, my. So what did you do to yourself? How can I help you? I've had this chronic elbow pain that I just, I don't know. I, I, it's odd. It, it comes and goes. It's infrequent. Like, I haven't had it now for, that I recall, for at least uh, probably a week and a half, two weeks. But it starts at my elbow, and it's this burning pain that goes about to my mid-forearm. Mm. And it just happens out of nowhere. It can last. You know, five minutes it can last. Maybe it linger for an hour or more, and then it goes away. I never injured my elbow. Um, no numbness or tingling in the fingers. No, and Good. I and I and it never happens when I'm working out. It's just it just like I could be maybe I wake up and it's burning. Or when you or I, um when you make your hand palms up, are we talking about the thumb side of your elbow palms up or the pinky side of your elbow? It's more like right center, like the back of my forearm. Okay. Like if I, ha- if like I have my, then my it's, palm then it's, up, you it's have, underneath. You have underneath what's known my... as lateral epicondylitis. Well, lateral because it's the mostly coming from the origin of the r- extensors of the wrist, which are on the thumb side of the elbow. Golfer's elbow, this is tennis elbow. Golfer's elbow is when it's on the pinky side of the elbow with the flexors. Your troublemaker is coming from... Three muscles, like here's a clapper vision, like Velcro, two pieces of Velcro stuck together, they attach 
to not the elbow, but the end of the humerus bone, the arm bone. It is a condyle there, the lateral epicondyle. And the deepest muscle is called the extensor carpus uh, brevis, radi- extensor carpi radialis brevis. This muscle is key in allowing you to extend your wrist to hold a soda or a Corona beer, glass of beer, I mean a bottle of beer, to extend your wrist. That's where this muscle originates from. We call it tennis elbow because when you have that hand gripping the end of the tennis racket, depending on whether the racket is too thin or too fat, microscopically, like the Velcro ripping apart, you begin to rip the bone, the muscle off of the bone. And so the key here is at 50, not when you're 20, but at 50, your weightlifting and exercise routine is ripping 95% of those fibers off the bone. But 5% are still okay. Therefore, when you go to pick up your phone, write a note with a pen, do something very minimal, you now are tearing the rest of the 5%, minimalistically, just moving around. And you go, I didn't do anything. Why does my elbow now hurt? Because it's not from that action that you see. It's like a magic trick. It's actually coming from the workouts you're doing. So you need to modify. You don't need to stop. I don't want you to stop being strong. But when you have pain, this is the only show. I'm the only doctor who's going to tell you that I love pain. Right away, everybody goes to pain management. They want to get rid of the pain. I don't want to get rid of the pain. You know why, Juan? Because I need to figure out what's causing the pain. That's how you get rid of pain. Not give me fentanyl patches or all kinds of cockamamie stuff that they can't wait to numb the pain. No. How about sit down and talk to the patient and try to figure out what exactly is causing the pain. Then when you eliminate that, Guess what? The pain goes away without drugs or shots or surgeries even. But guess what? There's no money in the business of me figuring out what you're doing to prevent this from happening. Nobody gets paid for that. You only get paid to do procedures or give you drugs and shots. So you have to critically look at how you hold those dumbbells, how you use the weights that you're doing in your exercise how you're doing your push-ups, whatever it is that you're doing to stay in shape, you don't need to quit, but you got to modify it. And my favorite way to treat this degenerative process, because you're 50, everybody else is going to tell you this is inflammation. Take Advil, wear a forearm band, wear a wrist splint. Everybody's going to try to give you a cortisone shot. They're going to tell you this is inflammation in the muscle. Let me get rid of the pain this way. No. It's a degenerative tearing of the muscle microscopically off of the bone. So how do you treat a degenerative tearing in a 50-year-old? You make it stronger. Well, how do you make it stronger? Here's how you do it. Go buy yourself. I don't even know if Big Five still exists, but from a sporting goods store, Or order it online, a three-pound or a five-pound dumbbell. Palms down, grasping the dumbbell, resting your forearm on your desk. Now go and extend your wrist. Trust me, right away, maybe you do two pumps, you'll go, oh, my God, it kills me. Good, stop, put the weight down. An hour or two later, go do it again. Four, five, six times during the day, find a few minutes to extend your wrist with the dumbbell resting your palm on the desk. What you'll be doing is strengthening extensor carpi radialis longus, the brachioradialis muscle. These other two muscles that aren't torn in the lateral epicondylitis in the tennis elbow, you'll be making them stronger, and that will allow you to unload the stress on the deeper muscle that is tearing. Don't let them give you shots, forearm bands, and trust me, there are orthopedic surgeons out there that will tell you to have surgery. As we say in New York, Juan, forget about it. Don't have surgery. Don't have shots. Do what I say. When is it going to get better? Three, four weeks of doing this. You will not have this pain anymore. And most importantly, Juan, 
it won't come back again. Okay? Thank you so much. Listen, Thank you're a total you stranger, but not really. Go find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Will do. God bless you, Juan. And give my best to your mom. All right, let's take time. Let's, we've got too many callers. Let's take another one. Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Doctor. Dan. Doctor, i got two issues here. One, my right knee kind of hurts. Yep. And I've got some information on the no mas fights because I saw it on Spanish language television after about six months, a year afterwards. Wow. And the reason he quit was because he had a tear to stomach. He didn't eat for a month because, like you, like you said, he went from 200 down to his his fighting weight. And he ate two steaks and a quart of orange juice the day before the fight. <laughs> So he said his stomach was injured. He couldn't fight. And the, the, the reason he said no must, no more fighting. He didn't think Leonard would accept that kind of a win because he didn't knock him out. Um. And I saw it on Spanish language television. And it was like, oh, well, you know, what happened? What happened? See, you, none of none of your, your uh, you quoted, none of them interviewed Durant, Roberto Durant, or saw those interviews from years ago. I he, I read in the Spanish. Fight, the huh? I read. I read. Tell. I mean, you know, this is great, Dan. I read that he told his corner, "I don't want to put up with him clowning me like this." And listen to this soundbite again. This is Sugar Ray Leonard saying he could see it in his eyes, he's like he was. Hurt, he was hurting. shocked. He's he's in pain. <laughs> really? All right. Listen, I'm not going to argue with you. You get credit. Okay. You were there. But I, but the point of it is, is to say no mas because you. I'll find those interviews, and somehow I'll get them over to you. Yeah, you know, okay. I want to That'll see that interview. Get the cool. Spanish language interview. Okay. Oh, my right knee. How young are you? What do you do it. for a living? Oh, I retired. And I retired about two years ago from the city of LA. I was a hearing officer. I was scolding people to fix their property. Oh, and wow. my That's dad was from Michoacan. My mom was from Michoacan. And I grew up in Stanton, and I live in Long Beach now with my daughter, of all things. I moved in wow. with her. <laughs> wow. All right, what did you do to your and, knee? How can I help anyway, you? My, I was doing some deep knee bends. I was I didn't play for golf for about two years. I was in Monterey Park golf range. I thought, oh, I'm going to get in shape in one you know, one session. So I was doing some deep knee bends, one leg back, one, and I was bouncing on my knees. And then about three or four days later, my right knee was swollen. I could already walk. So that went on for six months, and little by little, it kind of went away. I started going up and downstairs, going up and downstairs. But I'm afraid to. Uh, I'm afraid to do any more deep deep bends. I always stop at the halfway point, but it doesn't hurt me anymore. Doesn't swell up anymore. But you know, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, you know, you, there's gonna, you, you know, there's you better, some damage there. You so. better be afraid. How young are you? I'm uh, 77. Yeah, well, at 77, you're allowed to not to be afraid of anything anymore because you got to be 77. <laughs> so good for you. But. If you had a 77-year-old car, you would not drive it in the Baja 5000, right? The shock absorbers, the chassis. So your deep knee bends is the Baja 5000. You want a clap revision? That's a clap revision. Your, your deep knee bends is the Baja 5000 to a 77-year-old car. So be smart. The pool, the bike. There's no, a no, book I wrote with Lindy Huey called Heal Your Knees. Get a copy. That'll show you the exercises you should do. No more treadmill, lunges, squats, stair machines, weights. But you know what? You're a 77-year-old man. You get to do whatever you want. You can teach me a few things. So God bless you. Just don't let them give you cortisone shots, all right? I know. I know. All right, My other favorite guy. Right. My other favorite. My lucky day today, Doc. Well, a great, great show. It's my lucky day to talk to you, Dan. God bless you. Listen, total, find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'd be thanking me. Thanks so much for listening. Every day, doctor. All right, God day. bless you. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. The lines are lit up. We'll probably keep the clinic open. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> We're stuck here. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Don't listen to them. Don't even listen to Betty Crocker when she tells you how many minutes the brownies should cook in the oven. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Again, again. 
Thanks so much for listening and telling your friends. The topic is all about the power of words, particularly two words together. La Bamba, No Mas. Those are the words that I thought about all week in the world of sports, in the world of art. What about my world of surgery? The power in the words. Well, something happened to me yesterday that really shows the power of the words in my world of surgery. For 33 years, I've been a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon at Cedars, proudly. My whole career, and I continue to work, I ain't retiring. It's my home away from home, Cedars-Sinai. But for the first 25 years of my practice, the main operating rooms in the main part of the campus is where I worked, doing 500 surgeries a year, shoulders and knees and hips and Achilles tendons and ankle fractures, all kinds of stuff. But about 10 years ago, a brand new building was built on the campus. Beautiful. Just a beautiful and brand new, it's like the Mayo Clinic got helicoptered into the hospital. All the electronics and computers and state-of-the-art technology. And it's been a great place to work at the new building, the pavilion. But you talk about the power of words. Just like we talk about Richie Valenzuela had to change his name to Valens because in 1958, those DJs on the radio ain't going to play a song if your last name is Valenzuela. Can you imagine? The African-American artists. Who's that guy, the country singer, the African-American country singer? I'm blanking on his name right now. But they had to release his albums without his picture on it because people, his voice was amazing. But they knew the country and Western person listener loved his voice. But they weren't going to buy the album if they saw it was a black guy singing it. That's the, that's the reality of the world that we lived in. So Richie Valenzuela had to become Richie Valens. Robert Kuhn had to change his name to Bob Keen. Too Jewish. Well, way back when, the old hospital, it's not old, it's still there, had to change your clothes from your street clothes to your scrubs. We had the doctor's locker room. That's where I would meet my colleagues changing our clothes into scrubs to go into the operating room. The other folks that go into the operating room, the nurses, the techs, the x-ray technicians, the techs helping you with surgery, the surgical techs, they had their own locker room. I was in the doctor's locker room. Well, when the new building came about, a beautiful thing happened. It was the elimination of that separate locker room just for the doctors. And I say a beautiful thing because I'm the son of a carpenter and a nurse. I, I feel very connected to my roots. Fancy schmancy is not in my vocabulary. And so now in the new building with all the new technology, there's a single male locker room and that's what it's called and i now was changing from my street clothes into my scrubs with everyone else there was no distinction that it was the doctor's locker room and the beautiful thing that would happen is occasionally i would be done i'm usually done four o'clock five o'clock sometimes six o'clock ten hours of surgery 12 hours of surgery twice, two, three times a week. It's been my career. But occasionally, surgeries would end sooner. And in the new building, 10 years ago, I remember being there specifically one day at 2.33 o'clock when the shifts change. I don't have shifts. I'm a surgeon. I work till the work is done. But when the shift would change, I'd be in the locker room 
with the techs, the guys who move and women who move the beds around, the surgical techs in the operating room. I was with everyone else changing my clothes. And not too far from my locker room, my locker, which I was assigned, was a man, and I think his name is Roy, and I'm embarrassed to say it, I don't even know his name. But I'm changing my clothes, and listen, life gets interesting when you're looking at someone in their underwear. All the facades are gone. He's going to be leaving the hospital to go to his home, and I'm going to be leaving mine. And you can tell I like people, and I like to talk to them, so I made eye contact with him, and I said, going home. Yes, doctor, I'm going home. And somehow this hello, how are you relationship grew. He called me doctor, and I would say, sir. I mean, I just had that. I never learned his name. He probably knew that I was Dr. Clapper because it's pretty clear. But we would smile. We would nod. And then one day we actually somehow mentioned that Maybe because of grandchildren, we mentioned that he was going to be having to go to his grandson's birthday party or something like that. But it became more and more the barriers between us went away. And I would see him all the time. Somehow the conversation must have led to how old you are. And I told him how old I was. He told me how old he was. And it became clear that he and I were the same age. And so as I would be going to the five surgeries a a day that I would do, usually two hip replacements, three knee replacements, but all kinds of other surgeries, ACL surgery, rotator cuffs, as I would be going from one room to another, I would be seeing him moving empty beds, clean beds, dirty beds, doing what he needed to do for his work. And I always smile and say hi to him. Well, yesterday, he came up to me. And I'm walking one way, he's walking the other way. And the usual, I just nodded my head and I went through these double doors. He said good morning to him and he went the other way. And then before the double doors could close, I hear him say, oh, doctor. So I turned around and the doors are trying to close and he comes through the doors. He says, I have something for you. I said, you have something for me? What? Well, you don't need to give me anything. He goes, no, I have a present for you. I said, a present for me? He said, yes. This month, May, this day is my birthday. And we are both, he says, the same age. We were born in 1957. I said, I know, it's, it's just great. Happy birthday, I said to him. He goes, no, I have a present for you. And he takes out of his pocket and gives me a Benjamin Franklin silver dollar in a fancy little plastic case from 1957. He says, here, your birthday's coming up too. This is a coin from the year that we were both born. I I looked at it, you don't have to give me this thing. No, 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 no. Happy birthday. You'll be in July, mine is today. I got this for you. And I like looked at him. I didn't even know what to say. For a guy like me who's filled with words, who likes to say things and talk, I was at a loss for words. I didn't want to give it back to him because that's rude. He got it for me, so I put it in my pocket. And the reason I'm telling you this story, other than it's incredibly touching, is there's a power in that word, those two words, doctor's locker room because a beautiful thing happened 10 years ago when cedars built this billion dollar new building called the pavilion they changed the name the power of words is now the men's locker room
And because that happened, I made a new friend. Not a doctor, but a man who works hard so that I could do what I get to do because he does what he does. The power of words. Think about it. Use them wisely. Coming up next, I'll open the clinic. The lines are lit up. Let's do some more Clapper Vision. i got to tell you where that Chicago pizza is, and I also want to tell you what we're going to be doing next week. is going to be unbelievable. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. What? Who are you? What did you just say? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. He's chiseled out of marble. He's got 48 chest and a 32-inch waist. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So great. Telling stories. Believe that? I get to do this for a living? That's amazing. I tell my office, the healing starts on the telephone. The words you use are more powerful in healing than any drug or any surgery you can do. Storytelling, it is an art form. And I know my father loved listening to the radio, to hear Gene Shepard, listening to the helicopter pilot, Freddie, flying Freddie Feldman. He got such a kick out of listening to the radio. But his favorite was Gene Shepard. So I'm trying to channel my best Gene Shepard each and every Saturday for 12 years. Hey, hey, amazing. All right, let's take some calls. Let's go to Mitch. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, Dr. Clapper. Hey, hey Mitch. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Keep, keep talking and, my, and my entire accent will start to deteriorate. Where are you calling from? <laughs> I live in the East Windsor now, but I'm from Staten Island. My, my father graduated from Erasmus High School. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, How about you? What high school did you go to? Susan E. Wagner, 1980. <laughs> Susan E. Wagner. Hey, you know who uh, Bob Zimmerman is, right? Bob Zimmerman. You mean Bob Dylan? Yeah. You got it. You know, one of us. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of people in Hollywood have to change their names. <laughs> it's, uh, it's on par for the course. You got to take the good with the bad. You know what I love about your high school? That it's Susan E. Wagner. Like the E. Like, God forbid, it's not enough to have your high school name down. She has to have the E. The middle name has to be in there also. Oh, God. Yeah. How about the Christian name? Well, I guess that's four names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How can I help you? My, what are, you are you working still or do you retire? I'm still working at FedEx. I'm still working at FedEx. I, I turned 60 a few months ago. And? My, my hip surgery that I had. Uh, last February 18th of 2021. Wow. It's going well. Good. I just have a little, I just seem to have a little problem. I, I, I start getting scared. Well, I have that tendency to put things that are not for real and not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like my low back, or especially when I'm just bending down or tying my shoe, it's like I grunt a little bit. I hope it's not the other hip, and I hope it's not something like prostate or any other diseases related to that. You, you, my, know, you, know, what you, you know what you sound like? i got to tell you. So... Tell me the truth. For my, for my 33 years, there used to be a volunteer. God bless the volunteers that help. I think Cedars has like 2,000, literally 2,000 volunteers. They greet you at the door. They help answer questions. They're invaluable, and they all have these beautiful blue teal jackets, so you know it's a volunteer. But I used to go into the recovery room to write orders before we had computers. Now we do everything on the computer. But I used to have to go in the recovery room and write, uh, sit down with a pen and write orders in these paper charts. And there was a volunteer who used to sit next to me. Her name was Faye, older woman. And I remember sitting there one day. She was just the nicest. Hi, Dr. Clapper. You know, and I would see her five, six times because I did five, six surgeries. I have to go in and write the orders. And every time I'd see her. And times two or three days a week. So I'm seeing this lady like almost 20 times a week sitting down next to her. And I got to know her. She's an older woman. She was in her 80s. I hope she's still alive. But in her 80s. And she had this lovely, peppy personality, even though she was in her 80s. And she loved talking to me, and I loved talking to her. And one day I said to her, Faye, where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles, actually, like 
four blocks from here. There used to be pony rides at the Beverly Center. She like would tell me all the history of the West Los Angeles. And I would say something like, you know, what kind of car do you drive? She goes, Dr. Clapper, I don't have a car. I go, what do you mean you don't have a car? She goes, I don't even have a driver's license. I looked at her, I go, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You're 80 years old. You grew up like four blocks from here. You're in Los Angeles. There's no subway. The buses, forget about it. There's no mass transportation you can use. How could you be here and not have a car and not have a driver's license? Do you know what she said to me, Mitch? Sounds very Mitch, what she said to me. She said, why, why, why should I have a driver's license, Dr. Clapper? I could be in a car accident. I looked at her and I go, this is the reason you never in 80 years got a driver's license? Because you might one day be in a car accident? This is like you. There's, you're going to worry about prostate cancer because your back hurts? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and you're probably losing sleep over this. Stop it. Live your life right. one day at a time. Yeah, you got some altococcoritis. Your back hurts. Walk in the pool. You don't need your other hip done. You don't need spine surgery. Don't have an epidural. You're allowed to have a little bit of aches and pains. Doctor Ka- uh, Doctor Krabby, remind me of my uh, the hip surgeon. He's you know, like you. I cannot believe you say you do five surgeries a day. Yeah. He's not even. He's not. He hasn't hit forty. And he did. He did such a good job. I mean, I wanted to make an appointment. He said, "I'll see you in five years." Do I make an appointment now or I'll just wait? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, 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 well, Listen, I have two. I'm glad you're doing great. I'm not saying don't get an X-ray. Go back to the guy. Let him take a a pelvis X-ray so you can sleep better at night knowing that your other hip's okay. Tell him your back hurts a little bit. You can make the pelvis X-ray a little bit higher so you can actually see the lower back on the X-ray you're doing of the hip. You literally will kill two birds with one stone, although using the word killing and giving you medical help probably shouldn't be in the same sentence. But you will kill two birds with one stone if you take the pelvis X-ray, including a little bit of the lower back. And then you'll, be, you'll feel better. Go get a blood test. Go get a checkup. Make sure your prostate's okay. Because for you to lose sleep about any of this stuff is a shanda. You know what a shanda is? It's a Yiddish term for it's a waste of time for you to be spending your time. You need to spend your time eating pizza and having New York egg rolls. You need to spend your time doing something productive rather than worrying. You know what they say about worry? It's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but gets you nowhere. <laughs> you're the best. I'm talking you. You're the best. And the pizza back here is the best. Yeah, I know. I mean, we can it's a reason to take a plane to go back to where you're where you're at right now. All right, Mitch. Thanks so much for lightening the whole day for us here in Los Angeles. You're a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you. you. Do what I say. All right, young man. All right. Let's take another call. Lines are lit up. Let's go to Kim. Kim, you're on with Doctor Clapper. How can I help? Doctor Clapper, I'm the Beverly Hills. PD, Baltimore coat, defensive back. Oh, wow. I disagree with you with Sugar Ray Leonard and that whole thing about, you know, he disrespect boxing. He was quicker than Duran. He used his foot and hand speed the second time around. When Ali fought Frazier, mm-hmm. Ali is like Sugar Ray and Frazier's like Duran. Different styles. Ali didn't disrespect the game because he used his foot speed and his hand speed. So, no, Duran got whooped. He couldn't handle that style in his 119 fights. He never met nobody like that. That's why he didn't want to fight no more. Well. Well, you know what? I appreciate your opinion because it's valid. It's your opinion. I, but, and I don't know if we'll ever really know the answer. But listen to when Sugar Ray Leonard said, I knew he got fat. I knew he got out of shape. So I wanted a rematch right away five months later to try to catch him. And that's not Sugar Ray Leonard's fault, but that's one thing he was thinking about. Second thing he said in the sound bites is, I made a mistake in Montreal. I fought his fight. I should have been dancing more. I should have been doing more of floating around the ring. Sugar and Roberto Duran was not going to be used to that. But he did not. And and you hear Sugar Ray Leonard say it. I saw in his eye. He didn't like that taunting. And particularly when the crowd started to laugh. He didn't like that either. So, you know what? The fun part is, is you and I get to listen to the same soundbite and come to our own conclusions. That's the beauty of America, not someplace else. That's why I like you, Dr. Clapper. That's why I like you. <laughs> so I, I totally, and you, and you may be right. Now, how about the other guy who said, forget about it. It's got nothing to do with that. His stomach hurt. Okay, gig is into Hague. His stomach hurt. But I wasn't there. But you know who was there? 
Sugar Ray Leonard was there. This is what he said. This is not me or you or the other guy talking. This is Sugar Ray Leonard saying, listen to this. I heard the the fans or the audience laughing yeah. louder and louder At and a louder. Boxing and the more they, the louder, I mean, the more they laughed, the more I did it. And then mm. I saw a reaction in Roberto Duran's face. Like, what is this? I mean, right. I don't think he understood what was going on. And I, I truly believe he threw his hands up in frustration without realizing the ramifications it would have on his career or legacy. And that that's the words of Sugar Ray Leonard. And Sugar Ray Leonard, and he's right, Sugar Ray Leonard, he's upset because how dare you? You're not allowed to end the fight. Only the referee can end the fight. And you, the fight ended because I made you throw your hands up. Nobody mentions that. They only mention that you said no mas. And that's what the point of today's show is. The power that Roberto Duran took away from Sugar Ray Leonard by him ending the fight, not the ref, not Sugar Ray Leonard, and no one points out that Sugar Ray made him end the fight. You know what I mean? It's it's powerful. And, of course, Howard Cosell completely misinterpreting Spanish by saying, I quit. No, no mas means no more. But I'm saying, Sugar Ray Leonard is saying, it's because he was fed up with the teasing and the taunting, and he was never... See, he'd never seen that before in a boxing match. So you're right. Sugar Ray Leonard deserves the credit for beating him in a different way. But no mas means more idiomatically than really no more. It certainly doesn't mean I quit. And thank you, Kim. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. All right, Warriors. Yes. Okay. They had been fighting. That was the eighth round. They had been fighting for seven rounds. So I think it was a buildup on the context. I don't. I didn't hear the question that they asked Sugar Ray Leonard before he answered. So I don't know what the question was, and okay. it was a, a continuation of something. But I hear what you're saying. But I'm just saying, after twenty, you know, twenty-one minutes of fighting, Duran had had enough, yeah, and no. so he could have just sat on his bench. Your points are well taken, and it's and that's the beauty to have a conversation without people yelling and screaming and 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 make calling you. You're absolutely right, and on that level, in your opinion, you're entitled to it, and I I'm not disagreeing with it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling. I got to scoot. I got to tell people what we're going to be doing next week. And before I thank so much, Kim, God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, man. First, the best Chicago pizza, because it's from Chicago in L.A., is in, in Sherman Oaks. It's called Geno's East. Yeah, the actual place from Chicago is there. Oh, my God. I got a sausage pizza. I got a regular pizza. The crust is yellow. The cheese is upside down. The tomato sauce is on top. It's totally crazy. Oh, my God. But it's delicious. So go to Gino's East in Sherman Oaks. Next week, next week we're going to talk about General Ulysses S. Grant, who became our president. And they made a memorial in New York, which got completely beaten up and not taken care of. The man who resurrected that memorial about Ulysses S. Grant is going to be my guest next week. But we're going to talk about Keenan Ivory Wayans and Jackie Robinson. And I'll explain why that relates to Ulysses S. Grant next week. Until then, I leave you with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.